Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So as Stu said, I've been in C3 since I was three years old. Day one, 1981, and um, we started with 12 people in a DY surf club. And um, it's been amazing to see us go from 12 people to, I think it's over 460 churches now. It's probably beyond that, maybe 480, um, which is the most incredible thing to see it go from that to that. And um, it's wonderful that you guys are a part of that, part of the C3 family. So I got married a couple of years ago to an amazing man. And um, yay, (laughs) hey, it was a long journey for me. I was 39 when I got married, so I waited a bit of time. And um, but to be honest, I'm really glad I didn't um, marry anybody else along the way. I'm really glad that I married my incredibly good looking South African husband. Is anyone South African here? Anyone? Yes, you crazy South Africans. I went to South Africa the first time this year, and whoa. South Africans are amazing. They are just like, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> They're amazing people. Okay, so um, so I just want to tell you a quick story to open up. Um, about, uh, so two and a half years ago I got married. About a year ago, a year and a half ago, my husband decided to, we bought a house. He decided to do up like a little cabin that we had in our backyard and make it like a rental property so that we could, you know, get some extra income. And so uh, he spent about four months doing it. We thought it would be about five weeks, but four months later it was done. Um, And a lot more money later it was done. And so I thought, you know, being um, a new wife, that it's the right thing to do to help my husband um, do something. And I thought what I can do for him is I, I think I'm pretty confident as a painter. I think I can paint the walls. Um, of the interior and I I don't think I can make any major mistakes doing that so and my confidence was very ill-founded I found out later so I went to help him one day I went in the afternoon and I after work and I spent two and a half hours and I got this dark grey paint and I was painting the the window trims in dark grey and then the walls were like this stark white and so you can see where this is going right and so Uh, As I'm painting these trims, I'm taking extra care for two and a half hours not to get any of this dark grey paint on these white walls. And right at the end, I thought, well, now's the time to close up the paint can. And how do you do that? I've learnt you do it with a hammer because you've got to close it really hard, right? But instead of taking that paint can away from the white wall, I thought I'll hammer it down right next to the white wall. That was good, wasn't it? And as I hammered it down, this dark grey paint just went like this amazing angel's wing shape all over the white wall and I said some things pause for effect I said some things that I would never say in front of my grandmother and I said them loud for the neighbors to hear and and because I'm human I'm not perfect and um I said some things and then the inevitable guilt and condemnation comes doesn't it just comes like a flood and you're like not only did I just say some things that were really wrong, but the guilt and condemnation goes a step further and it tells you that actually you're a really bad person. Does anyone relate to that? It's not just that you've done something wrong, but you're actually a really bad person. It points the finger and it labels you bad person. And I was walking down the stairs after the incident 
I call it, the incident. And I was walking down the stairs and I said, God, what is wrong with me? Has anyone ever been there? What is, how, I didn't, I was shocked. I did not know that that was in there. Like, you know, I've been under pressure before and I've said some things that are a bit silly, but I did not know that was in me. <laughs> but it came out, so it must have been in me. And so I said, God, what is wrong with me? I, I'm a bad, evil person. I think I even used the word evil. I am intrinsically evil. And do you know what he said to me? I just was walking down these stairs and I remember it like it was yesterday. And he said these very beautiful, simple words to me like only God can. He said, Emily, I can handle human. Isn't, isn't that good? And immediately all this pressure that guilt and condemnation was lumping me with just lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, God, I know, but no, Emily, I can handle human. You know, sometimes you might get in a pressurised situation. Maybe it's in the car on the way to church. Maybe it's when you're talking about money, like um, our wonderful friend who did the offering this morning (laughs) was talking about. You know, sometimes you get in positions where you are shocked by what's coming out of you. But I'm, I'm telling you this morning that God is never shocked by what's in you or what comes out of you. He's not shocked by your thought life. He is not shocked by your desires. He is not shocked by your failings. He is not shocked by your humanity. He's not shocked. You can make mistakes with God and it's okay. Some of you need to hear that. You can make mistakes with God and it's okay because he is building us into Christ-likeness and it is a process and it doesn't take a day. And I was brought up in a church where we were very um, good at encountering the Holy Spirit. We were very good at having moments on the altar call where we encountered like this morning, which was so incredibly powerful. And I got very familiar with moments of encounter transformation, but I wasn't so familiar with the transformation of the everyday the transformation that the Holy Spirit does in us just as we walk out our day and we listen to him and we obey him and we hear his voice. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. This is not an exciting, um, uh, what would I call it, like a motivational message. This is actually a message that I hope brings you a lot of relief here this morning because we need relief from those two evil things, guilt and condemnation, don't we? We need relief from those things that hang on our legs. I actually was thinking, you know, if I'd had more time, I would have got two of our students to come up here and literally hang on to my legs. And you would see what it would be to walk, to try and walk out the Christian life with guilt and condemnation, literally hanging off you. They are heavy burdens that we are not designed to carry. And God wants to bring transformation in your life but not necessarily in a moment. Hey, he might come and break the, the power of guilt and condemnation off you in a moment, but it takes a life walked out in the Spirit to become more Christ-like and to come into the maturity that he's designed us to come into. Amen? Yes. Like I preached this in the first service, but I'm getting encouraged even in the second service by my own preaching. Fantastic. <laughs> And you know what? It's a process. It's not a rush. He's not in a rush to change you. This is going to take your whole life and you may as well just enjoy it. (laughs) You may as well just go, all right, Holy Spirit, I'm willing to go on a ride with you. 
It may not look good sometimes. You, God, you may see the ugliest things in me. People around me may see the ugliest things in me, but it's okay because I'm walking it out with you. I'm walking it out with you and I will change. Does anyone want to change here this morning? Does anyone have things in their life? They're like, oh my goodness, that needs to change. But that's okay. It's not all up to you. It's sometimes there's part of it that's up to you. You've got to partner with the Holy Spirit in the process, but he's the one that takes you on the journey. He's the one that does the transforming. And it's an inside transformation. And it transforms you from the inside out. You know, um, sometimes when people go to jail for a long period of time, of course, because of the outer restrictions of that jail, they don't fall into the same habits of crime that they did before on the outside because there are constraints, right? They can't actually do half the things they were doing on the outside. There are constraints upon them and they're out of constraints. But often when they leave prison, um, there's actually some scary stats. Up to 40% of people that are released from prison are back in prison within two and a half years. Because without those external constraints... And without anything really changing on the inside, without having, having access to the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, they walk out of that place and they go straight back to doing what they were doing because nothing's really changed. The external circumstances kept them from doing the wrong thing, but as soon as they're out, their internal circumstances have not changed. So we are being changed from the inside out. I want to read you a scripture here in 2 Corinthians 3.18 and it says... But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How amazing is that? We are being transformed. That tells you that this is a process, that you don't have to crucify yourself every time you make a mistake. Hey? Some of you are not maybe wired like this. I certainly am. And there's some of you in the room that are wired like this. Ever since I was a little kid, as soon as I did something wrong, boom, there it was. Guilt, condemnation, heavy. I'd always be confessing to my mum. Probably 24 hours a day I'd be confessing to my mum, oh, I did this, I did that. (laughs) I learnt confession from a very early age, which was actually a really good discipline because it takes that weight off. But but for some of you in this room, you, you need to hear that, that you are walking this thing out and it is okay to make mistakes. But if you today make a decision that you are going to allow the Holy Spirit to go on this journey of transformation with you, you will find some serious change happening. And that is wonderful. And it's also great for the people around you that are all wishing you would change. <laughs> no. Um, we are being transformed, not a one-off encounter. So how does the Holy Spirit change us? I believe there's three main ways the Holy Spirit changes and transforms us. One is through the Word, one is through each other, and the other one is through just Him speaking directly to our heart. And um, the speaking directly to your heart one is one that really resonates with me. But I want to talk about the other two because they are still really important. It's really important to be changed from the inside out whilst we open the Word and read the Word. It's really important that we let others speak into our lives and bring correction. We don't like that word, but it's so important that we let that happen. Um, so number one, the word. John sixteen thirteen. he says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
The Holy Spirit is like the best study partner you will ever have. Because if you allow him to, when you open the Word of God, instead of reading it like a recipe or reading it like a math problem, you can invite him to come and sit next to you and open up the Word to you and tell you what you need to hear. Isn't that incredible? That he will illuminate things for you in the Word and they will cut through to the very core of who you are and they won't bring guilt and condemnation, but they'll bring this beautiful thing called conviction. Conviction is not a word that we put in the nice category sometimes, but conviction is actually beautiful. Conviction actually spurs you on to Christ-likeness, where guilt and condemnation take you back into unrighteousness. Conviction is actually weightless. It brings a knowing that you need help in a certain area, but it doesn't put the weight of that sin upon you. In fact, that weight of that sin, guess who it was on? It was on Jesus. So it can't ever be on us. So as we start to discover in the Word of God where our issues lie in our heart, we, never, we don't ever have to take on that weight. We can just read the Word of God and go, oh, yep, true. Holy Spirit, you've nailed that. And go, okay, Holy Spirit, help me to get better at that. It's so wonderful. It's so free. That's what Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit for, to lead us into all truth. It's a beautiful thing. And so I encourage you, as next time you open your Bible, don't open it with that um, filter that we sometimes open it with, like, oh gosh, what's it going to tell me today? Sometimes I have caught myself, another confession moment, walking past my Bible in my house and going, shush, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Does anyone else ever do that? It's not like it's telling me something, but I'm like, I know what you're going to say. I know. I know what you're going to tell me and I don't want to hear it. But you know what? You never have to read the word with that kind of filter. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit is kind. The Holy Spirit will nail things. He will nail things, but not with a sense of guilt and condemnation. Always with that beautiful conviction that is weightless and that steers you into life of Christ-likeness. Number two, what about each other? Oh, this is a tough one. Are you willing to let other people call you out on things? Now, I need to say with this, there is not... You don't have to invite 50 people into your world (laughs) to start calling you out on stuff. There might be one or two really trusted friends that you know that love you and they are going to bring correction to you because they love you and because they can see roadblocks ahead for you and they want to see you walk with total freedom into the rest of your life. That's a good friend. That's a good friend. And, you know, there's some times where I've had to sit down with students in my office and bring a, a, a sort of slight correction to their life or whatever it is, and I hate doing it because I would just love for everyone to be okay and I want everyone to love me and I just want everything to be fine and there to be no um, conflict or awkward moments. Or, But you know what? God's called us into awkward moments. <laughs> God has called us to awkward moments where we hear something from someone and we may not like it. And, but, but hopefully what we do is we humble ourselves and we walk away and we say, yeah, do you know what? I think they might have a point. Or at the very least, we walk away and say, Holy Spirit, are they right? <laughs> are they right? Do I need to change that in my life? And then the Holy Spirit's like, let's, let's work on that together. It's so beautiful. It's, it's, it's a light and easy burden. It's a light and easy yoke. And um, 
So Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. So it's telling us there that as we speak the truth to people in love, it's going to grow us into the maturity of Christ-likeness. As we speak the truth in love. So there's the condition. You've got to do it in love. <laughs> you can't do it because you're annoyed at their behaviour. <laughs> You've got to do it because you're thinking about what kind, of, what kind of life they could be leading. And maybe, you know, sometimes I say to students this. I say, hey, that thing in your life, that's going to close doors on you in the future. That's not going to open doors for you. It's going to close doors. And I want you to have open doors for the rest of your life. I don't want that thing to be the thing that causes you to stumble for the rest of your life. That is, that is a beautiful thing to do for someone. And so, hey, maybe, you know, give each other permission. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's your pastor. Say, hey, give, I want to give you permission to call things out in me. Hey, I might cry. I might get angry, but I'm giving you permission <laughs> to do some work in my life, to let the Holy Spirit work through somebody else to bring transformation. And the very last one is um, just the Holy Spirit speaking directly to us, which is kind of my favourite because I love hearing from God. Does anyone else love oh, I just love hearing from God. I love that you're a church that is open to the Holy Spirit. It's so wonderful. So one day I was listening to a preach by a lady in America and she was talking about how she'd gone on a walk through the woods one day, through the forest in America. And she was going through a really tough time in her life and she felt the Holy Spirit talk to her about some things and ask her some questions about um, some things in her life. And, and I got so jealous. I got really jealous. I went, God, how come you don't speak to me like that when I'm walking through the bush? because <laughs> there are no forests in, in Australia, I don't think. But God, I want you to speak to me. I want to go for a walk in the bush and I want you to talk to me. So anyway, what did I do? I got in my car and I headed down to Narrabeen, just near where I live, and I started walking around the lake, but it was through the bush. And I, and I said, Lord, I want to hear from you. And do you know what? He spoke to me because he's not a God that's wanting to hold back. He wants to talk to us. He spoke to me and he said to me, Emily, and I was, he said, what do you notice about winter? That's what he said to me. That's the first question he asked me. Because I was walking through these bushes. It was very dry, very dead. There was n- not much life to see or everything looked quite brittle. And to be honest, not that attractive. And so I was walking through the bush and he said, what do you notice about winter? And I said, well, it doesn't look as good as other seasons. And it certainly doesn't feel as good as other seasons, does it? Especially for you guys. You had a minus six morning not long ago. I don't even know what that feels like. Maybe you can tell me later what that feels like and how you got through it. But minus six, I mean, so it doesn't, winter doesn't feel as good and it doesn't look as good. And, and, and so God's like, okay. And I immediately knew that he was speaking to me about a situation in our family's life right now where it doesn't really look good and it really definitely doesn't feel good. It's been one of the toughest seasons of my life and it's gone for a really long time. And, and so he's like, okay, yeah, it doesn't look good, it doesn't feel good. But then he goes, he goes, Emily, what does it take for a tree to get through winter? And I was looking at these trees and I was like, I don't know, is that a trick question? What does it take for a tree to get through winter? And I looked at this tree and I thought, it just has to stay there. That's all it has to do. 
It just has to stay where it's planted. And then I felt him talking to me about that. And he's going, okay, so you're going through a really tough time. You, it may not be over for a while. Who kn- you know when you're going through a period of, um, of tough, a tough moment, you actually don't know where it's going to end. It might end tomorrow, but it might not end for a few years. And he said, okay, so how are you going to get through that season of winter? You just have to stay where you are. What does that mean? Keep praying, keep reading the Bible, keep worshipping, keep coming to church, keep hanging around awesome people, keep serving God. Just do what you are doing. Just keep walking and you will walk out of that season. And I know that that's a promise that my husband and I have from the Lord in this particular situation. He has promised us that there will come a time where we will walk out of this season and we'll see the fruit of our prayers. It's beautiful, isn't it? He promises us. So God spoke to me and I want to tell you right here that He wants to speak to you. He's got things to say to you. There's things that He wants to help you with. You don't have to do it all by yourself. (laughs) You don't have to be transformed all on your own. He wants to talk to you about some things. He's not hiding from us. God's not hiding from us. He's not He's not hiding His Word or His voice from us. We walk in the Spirit day by day. Encounter transformation definitely, but also just day by day transformation. We invite Him in. We increase the awareness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.